Hello and uh, welcome everyone to the weekly Pokemon. I'm Kate Pokemon, and today we're going to be talking about uh, Ooh a shiny. Uh, I'm not actually. That's that's a bit I'm doing, but seriously, I've been playing Pokemon this week, and it's great. In reality, though, hello and welcome everyone to the comic multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet. A show that is officially not made for children. Matt, YouTube <laughs> put a gun to my head and made me make that choice. I didn't want to. Every time we upload, we've got you got to make that choice. Like, is this children? Well, you know, we we do comic books, but then we also talk about dicks and yeah. buttholes for real and island sex. Yeah, we'll get to that. That's an oh, we'll get to the island sex. Don't you worry, man. YouTube, like, have has YouTube ever introduced a feature in the last little bit, and that feature actually been good and helpful, or has it all just been more shit on top of shit? It's been shit on top of shit. The, the only reason I could see this is because, like, whenever you get that, that little thing that says you have to say that this video is for children, it, it makes you use that new shitty upload that they have. And that's the yeah. only reason it's there for, to, for you to use that new upload. No one fucking uses it because it's so shitty. Really, Matt? I thought they put it in place to protect the children from the ads and from the Nazi channels. Oh, no way. We're not going to do anything about those. We're actually going to keep those around. But, you know, this way we get to pat ourselves on the back and make ourselves feel like we did something important. <laughs> Chad is saying I'm muted, but I'm not. That's weird. Oh, you're moving the thing? Well, again, can you hear him or not? Because we're getting gold here, people. We're getting brilliant, brilliant gold. Why am I muted? I'm not muted, though. I, the, Again, he's got... The thing is moving. He's got the sound up in front of him. That's the damnedest. Are you just really quiet? I don't know. No, I'm not. definitely not quiet. Uh, Hold on, Again, let, we got at least let, let two me people Let me re-add it. Let me re-add it. Fucking okay, thing. If, it was, if it was just one person, I'd be like, yeah, the show must go on, but at least a few people who are saying it now people i trust like jaded and young wobbles and tevia and all the warriors jersey luck is can, here everyone else joining us in the can chat. people hear me now i sure hope so can uh, you need to tell me if you can hear me i am i don't know why i was just using it like 40 minutes before he was like you can tell matt was streaming before this so you know it should be working oh and now that i'm talking no one's talking in the chat of course, of course. Matt can just mime oh it out. Oh my god, what the hell is going on here? Here, Vogue, Vogue. <laughs> You'll be uh, fine without sound. <laughs> just be a one-sided conversation. Uh, it's it's in, it's in. Am I going to have to use my look, fucking headphone? Look, you see, this is all part of a brand new thing we're trying on the comic multiverse now. Uh, lip reading. We're going to try and teach you lip reading through Matt. Can people hear me now? I sure hope so. I... Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm coming <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's a good one, George. You can't hear him laughing, but he's laughing at that. That's a good one. Uh, can people hear me? The muted multiverse. That's good. I, you need to tell me if I'm. Tell me. <laughs> where's uh, Where's Marvel Knight when we need one? Still muted. Okay, I'm just gonna end the stream and then I'll start it back up again. God damn okay, it. Okay, we'll we'll be right back, everyone. We're gonna try and fix this. We will be right back. <laughs>
Alrighty, can people hear me now? I sure hope so. Okay, so please can... say yes. Yes, okay. Fucking, I, it, oh, fucking thing, I tell you. It was the exact same settings as it was before. I just had to like click off and click on again. God damn. That's weird. That's weird. I'm going to leave this But people all can in. hear us now. Wonderful. You can in. do it. I'm glad you are going to leave this in, Matt, because I wasn't going to do that opening bit all over again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm one take, Joel, the, for a reason. I got exactly the, one take in me. The best thing, because I have a redundant audio recording thing, I'll still get my reactions to all that stuff you did because I've got Beautiful. My, my other other thing recording. So, And that's definitely recording. As it as it should be, as it should be, <laughs> and yes, we were we were referring to YouTube before our own technical problems cracked the bad. Uh, yeah, y YouTube bad, having to make you pick a binary choice of whether or not all your videos and all your content is for children or not is a very stupid idea, and I'm already starting to see uh, the results of it on my channel. What about you? A little bit, yeah, a, a, a little bit. I, I've noticed a little bit of a dip. Not not a lot, but like, yeah, it's it's just so stupid. It's so fucking stupid. On my, on my personal channel, I've noticed I'm losing about 300 to 500 a video. Now, some of those, Punisher never does that good. The Batman's Grave is kind of an out there Batman book, so I can understand those not doing good. But by and large... It's a lot lower than it normally is. So, hey, if you're watching us right now in the chat and if you're a patron, thank you so much because we're going to be depending on you even harder now while YouTube <laughs> works out its shit. And uh, for experiment two, I'm like, okay, well, what if I do it the other way? What if I try and say, okay, this video is for kids? Uh, you get a little bit more views, but because they don't run personalized ads, because again, apparently mm -hmm. that's what they're scared about. We got to protect the children from personalized ads. You get less money overall. So the idea is, do you want more views on a video or do you want to actually make a living wage on that video, but have less views? And also doesn't matter what you pick because the YouTube AI can just, you know, flip a switch whenever it wants. So fuck you basically. Yeah. It could decide whether you're viable or not like just whenever and but yeah it's like they'll, they'll do that they'll like fucking harm all us people but like all those like very obvious like sexual predator channels will, will yeah. just stay up and be monetized and be and be allowed to be in like featured sections and shit and all that oh yeah oh yeah that they're fine because YouTube, again, just like the rest of the world, we don't care about the little guy. We only care about the big guy at the top, and we hope their success will trickle down to the rest of you. Yeah, yeah. It's I, I've said it before where it's like, you know, YouTube is missing out on the next great catch uh, cow because they're making it so impossible mm -hmm. now for people to kind of like slug it out like you and I did when we started YouTube. Now, you basically need to be a smash hit right out of the gate like that Girlfriend Reviews channel or Binging with Babish or you're just not going to make it. Yeah, yeah, you need that or you need... You either need that or you need to like basically debase yourself, like have no dignity. Yes. <laughs> no also dignity that. whatsoever. That's that's real big. That's real big on this internet. And uh, <laughs> speaking of having no dignity, uh, boy, we've really been enjoying the things we like this week, do we? Be it Pokemon or Star Wars, it's been a big <laughs> week for us, hasn't it? Yeah, Pokemon, Star Wars, video games in general. Uh, yeah, yeah it, it's been a. I, as other people have pointed out, for the first time in like maybe thirty years, like like Star Wars, like has been kind of 
basically unanimously liked it like for yeah. a week <laughs> it's it's a nice feeling isn't it people are so happy to enjoy it and again where it's like you know well what's what's the big difference between these where it's like uh oh okay so not not near as many women or dark people around these properties <laughs> which i'm like well i'm like well the mandalorian i'm like well he wears a helmet so you can't tell but <laughs> and he's he's you know technically played by dark persons he's, he's played by pedro pascal he's quite a tan man tan man as they say that's that that's a whole other star wars expanded universe story right boba fett and the tan man yeah yeah i think i remember that one that was a good story (laughs) (laughs) but yeah we'll we'll be talking about a lot of star wars at the end there but uh i haven't had a chance to play the new game matt i know you were just streaming it on this very channel how how is it i hear deborah wilson is really good in it yeah, she's really good. Her her model doesn't like do her any favors though, because they 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 made made her have huge monster eyes, um, mm. like like they really accentuate her eyes a lot, right? Uh, just because of the animation and stuff isn't really really perfect. But yeah, I'm really enjoying the game. I I really like it, uh, which is really weird to say about an EA like published game. <laughs> I know, right? But it actually looks like they put time and work in this. Is the combat as soulsy as it looks? Oh yeah, oh fucking yeah! Like people yeah, who heard... were in the stream last time, like uh, yeah, just before, would will attest to that with me fighting a giant fucking bat multiple times because I kept fucking dying. <laughs> I, I do keep hearing those things. I keep hearing, like, fuck that space frog and fuck that space bat. <laughs> that space frog, I don't know why everyone had so much trouble with it. I fucking made that guy my bitch, like, first up. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll tell y'all about it when I get a chance. There, I have been deep, deep into Pokemon, and man, it's like they made the game for people just like me who have come back after two decades of not playing it because everything is, like, super streamlined and easy to pick up now than ever before oh nice nice that's good to hear i i've i've been hearing like like yeah it's really great but then you also get those people that's like no fuck this it doesn't have this particular pokemon Mm. in it so this game is terrible now although uh, of course because this is a pokemon game people cracked the code almost instantly and uh apparently you can get like a bunch of other starters and a bunch of other rares from all the other games you just can't get them yet because that's going to be part of the pokemon home rollout later next year oh okay then because you know because they got a whole new app they want to push now where you can get your game and your pokemon go on Mm -hmm. your phone and everything else all in one place yep so there's definitely more on the horizon. So that's cool. I'm definitely enjoying it. Uh, the music I'm really enjoying. I forgot how good the music can be in Pokemon games. It's really nice music. It's calming music and then really fun Very. action music when you're in the battles. Oh, yeah. The best part is, is that because this is in like Great Britain now, this is like the theming for it. You don't fight in regular Pokemon gyms. You fight in giant soccer stadiums. And I swear <laughs> during the bigger action modes, you can hear freaking Vuvuzelas there in the background. <laughs> and I'm like, I like it. I like it a lot. I'm down for this. But uh, yeah, we're a comic book podcast, everyone. I know that's hard to uh, hard to remember sometimes. Mm. And uh, we actually have a nice little smattering of news this week. We do. Yeah, I think I think you're all going to enjoy this. Some good, good stuff coming down the pipeline. Yeah. Uh, first and foremost here, we have uh, several new miniseries coming from Marvel and some pretty interesting ones by some pretty interesting teams. First up, we got Nebula 
because everything that is Guardians of the Galaxy prints money right now, and if Yondu can have a mini, which I have not read yet, but I've heard good things about, why can't Nebula? Exactly, yeah. And is this the first time she's gotten a, a, a an ongoing? I don't think it is, is it? I want to say yes, actually. I want to I say there was, like, one that, like, there was. Thanks, Party Pug, for the uh, subscription there. Um, I want to say hey. there was there was a... It might have been a, a one-shot or something, but I remember there was something... Maybe. Like, around the time the first Guardians came out where they kind of made it more in line with, with, right. with the movie. Right, all right, that makes sense. Oh, also, Party Pug is comics misexplained. Okay, cool, yeah, oh, we nice. know you. <laughs> yes, we know you. But yeah, so I'm down for that. I, I can say I have not heard of the writer of this one. Maybe the chat knows their work. Vita Aela, I think is how you pronounce that. I want to say I saw something they they wrote recently. I just can't remember what. Vita just, means life. I, I, I'm going to say something. I saw something they wrote recently. What was it? I. The name sounds so familiar to me. Well, it sounded familiar to me because obviously I think Vita, Vita means life. And when I think uh, life, I think the PS Vita. <laughs> Remember that, everyone? Remember that short-lived handheld console, the PS Vita? <laughs> that was a fun one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, Nebula should be fun. One of the weirder ones is Gwen Stacy is going to be getting a miniseries, not Spider-Gwen. Not any of the multiversal Gwen Stacy's, like main universe 616 Gwen Stacy is getting a miniseries from Christos Gage, of all people. So they're not putting a nothing writer on this. They're putting an actually really, really talented, time-tested writer on the project. Yeah, this, this would be pretty interesting, uh, considering all the stuff that's like obviously going on in Amazing Spider-Man with Kindred and uh, going after Peter's loved ones and everything. I was going to ask, do you think that this exists to link up in some way with what's going on with Kindred? Because that's well, one of the popular theories that Kindred is actually Gwen, back from the dead. Possibly. I mean, I, I would say no if they didn't, if they put like a new writer or a, a small writer on it, but they put Christos Gage on it. Mm. And he's a pretty big writer, especially in the Spider-Man universe. So yeah. maybe, possibly... This, uh, this also seems like a pretty good opportunity, too, because this is everything in Gwen's life, apparently, before she meets Peter, which in my mind, I'm like, really? Did she have adventures before she met Peter? Okay. Again, the, again, like, hearing that, it sounds like, like oh, yeah, we're going to get the reveal of Kindred, and then we're going to go back, and this miniseries is going to, like, sort of explain those, like, roots of Kindred in or Gwen Stacy, if, she, if it turns out to be Gwen. Or something like that. I'm like, is this going to be here so we can retcon a lot of Spider-Man history? Because it's like, I don't see why you would take a character like Gwen Stacy if you weren't going to, like, uh, turn it into a bit of a retcon machine. Yeah. Which, again, a lot of the chat is saying, I hope they retcon uh, Sin's past. I hope they retcon a clone conspiracy and a bunch of other stuff. They potentially could. They potentially could. <laughs> And uh, perhaps the most non-surprising of the bunch, uh, just in time for the Falcon and Winter Soldier TV show, we're getting a Falcon and Winter Soldier miniseries from the writers, or from the writer of Bone Kickers, which I know is a popular book series that they turned into a TV show. It's about fossils and shit. Never heard of it. Now, I only know it because, uh, what is it? It's like one of those weird like shows that I guess played on British television. I know there's like a whole subsect of like YouTubers who make videos who like to talk about it. 
Okay, yeah, I've never once heard about it. That's the only time I've heard of it, and I literally watched like five minutes of one of those videos, and when they got to the point where it's like, Bone Kickers is about fossils, and I'm like, eh, all right. <laughs> I ain't got no time for no fossils today. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, should be cool. It's really just kind of nice to get Sam Wilson back in a book, because he hasn't been in anything like forever. Yeah, like what happened to him? He just like kind of disappeared. Like he was, he was headlining a Captain America book and then just like, yeah, disappeared. Well, his Falcon miniseries flopped, and then, yeah, then he just went away. <laughs> Which is really Which strange. Is... I, I'm surprised that it flopped. It is, where it's like, hey, you know, you were selling pretty well as Captain America, and people were pretty interested. Then we spun you off as Falcon again, and it's like, no, I guess comic readers only care about Sam when he's Captain America. <laughs> I guess it was hard to not make it seem like a demotion is the thing. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Much... Much like when uh, X-23 went back to being X-23 and was not the mm -hmm. all-new Wolverine anymore. It's like, well, now this is, you're walking backwards in a story. You can't walk backwards in a story. <laughs> and yet, comics do it all the time. But, you know, here's hoping they can make some magic happen here. I really liked that Winter Soldier miniseries from Kyle Higgins uh, that was not that long ago. I wonder if we'll see any crossover with that. Because Winter Soldier has been showing up everywhere. He's been in Invaders. He's been in the Captain America book. He can't, can't get away from winter soldier no you can't and uh, i'm 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 sure this book will be very similar to i imagine what we'll be getting in that tv show like around around the same time so yeah it'd be pretty cool yeah we'll see about that uh tevi asking any opinion on dc uh solicits for the superman villains one shot we're getting to the uh dc stuff next but i'll just uh let matt uh give his feelings on this because uh, he's actually reading current superman and i'm not i don't give a fuck yeah, that's. I bet if I was reading, I would also not. I'll, I'll talk about that one when we get to talk about what we read this week, because I really want to go on a rant about that. Please do. I have a rant saved up, too. We'll do those, and then we'll close it off with something nice by talking about Mandalorians is how we'll do it. So, again, <laughs> if you're in one of those places that didn't get Mandalorians or, you know, if you've decided to watch it legally, <laughs> uh, again, s save this one for later, and you can come back to it. <laughs> Uh, another thing, uh, because solicitations were out this week for February, so we got a lot of good news across the board, and uh, a little bit of writer shakeup over at Marvel. Uh, Jim Zub, friend of the show, very nice man, uh, always is hosting me over on his blog for when I talk about his comics. He is actually going to be taking the realms of Conan in February, which makes a lot of sense because he's writing that Conan, Moon Knight, uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs crossover. So, yeah. Yeah. He's also a huge Dungeons and Dragons fan, so yeah, kind of hand in hand there why it makes sense yeah he uh, he said before why he was leaving iron man and he said you know it was because i got a dream project and i couldn't keep writing it with dan slot i guess this is the dream project yeah we all sort of assumed it was those that like crossover with moon knight and the edgar rice burroughs characters and all those guys but yeah i guess this is the actual like meat of that yeah which i mean hey good for him man living his dream there i uh, I, because I wanted to read his new, like, Serpent crossover, so I actually went back and read a little Savage Sword of Conan, which Zub was already writing, mm -hmm. and a little of the Aaron Conan. Yeah, they're really good. Oh, yeah, yeah, they, they're excellent. Yeah, they're like a type of uh, adventure comic that you don't see anymore. Mm-hmm. And that Conan is perfectly suited for, and I'm glad it's finding an audience amongst all these 
superheroes and all this capes and all this spandex people still want to read about a barbarian who chops people up with a sword yeah it's it's fantastic i read like the first arc of the aaron book where he killed mm. quote-unquote conan um and yeah it, it was it was really cool really fantastic like f- like proper conan stuff i like aaron pulls out the same trick in that conan book that he did in thor where it's like all right let's look at conan at three different periods in his life yeah but it works it works it really does especially with conan who has such a long history anyway and it's like mm-hmm. yeah he eventually becomes king conan we know this yeah yeah it's, he's basically thor at the moment yeah, he basically is, and that's fine by me. That totally works. So good good on you, Jim, and goddamn, we gotta get Jim Zub on the show at some point. He's a busy man. I tried to get him a couple weeks ago, but he was getting ready for the Paris Comic-Con, so it's like, oh yeah, I mean, going to yeah. Paris... That's that, that. That takes a little bit more precedent than talking to me. I, I I understand. I get it. If I had a trip to Paris, I wouldn't talk to me either. <laughs> but yeah, well, m- mark my words. When Zub and my schedule align, we will definitely try and get him on this show at some point to talk about stuff. Yeah. Because another cool thing about uh, Zub is I actually know that he keeps up with comic book YouTube and the comic book review scene quite a lot, which is more than most of his contemporaries, and I think that's very cool. Yeah, it is. It's good to know where your critics are. Absolutely. It's nice to know. It, it makes me a better critic, too, because I'm like, oh, oh, Jim Zub might actually be <laughs> watching this. <laughs> he's a professional writer, and he's watching this dumb shit I pull out of my ass. I better really up my game on this one. <laughs> I better try and sound all schmatty and shit for this. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's some good Conan news. Uh, moving along from there, uh, we got an interesting story that I was not expecting, but the Russo brothers, who of course everyone loves from Community and the Captain America movies and those last Avengers movies, well, they're apparently uh, producing a documentary series that will be coming out in the not-so-distant future that will be focusing on the the, the ever-loving feud between DC fans and Marvel fans. And, you know, the internet, you know, took this the way the internet always takes things with great humor and aplomb, and, you know, no one was mad at anyone, and it was all, we all danced around the maypole, and it was wonderful. Yeah, oh, yeah. I I really enjoyed seeing all those people saying it's going to be completely biased towards Marvel, Mm. Uh, and of course, all those people had the, you know, that, that hashtag that that's been getting a lot of things today, uh, which I'm not going to say on the show. <laughs> that hashtag that rhymes with schmashmees the schmider schmutt. <laughs> that's what we're going to call it from now on. <laughs> that's a mouthful, but... Uh... Yeah, I mean, I I would definitely be interested in a documentary like this, but, you know, I think I'm an adult in this, you know, sphere that we live in, and I think I can handle this, and I think some people have just kind of tattled on themselves that they can't. Yes, yeah, and what what really interests me about this is if they will show that, you know, Mm. all that that horrible shit that, like, like I've seen, and I'm sure you've seen, and I'm sure most of the chat has seen, that come from both sides— if, uh, if handled right, I think this could be a really cool documentary about being like, ah, you know, uh, uh, to, to, to use a wrestling allegory, the Monday Night Wars or the Cola Wars, you know, Pepsi and Coke always battle against each other just like uh, Marvel and DC always battle against each other. And, you know, sometimes, you know, one's up and one sometimes one is down. And, you know, they have their fans and some people take it too seriously. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we all love soda just like we all love comics. And shouldn't that be what's important? Yeah. 
And I feel the Russo brothers are smart enough and sensitive enough and all this other stuff that if they were going to make a series like that, that's what they would do. No, Joel, they're, they're, they're completely biased, mm. you know, completely. Right. Well, hey, you know, this is one of the few times where someone in their weird conspiracy tinfoil hat talk can say, you know, where's your check from Disney? And they'll be like, no, we, we already cashed our checks from Disney. This, <laughs> we're this, using this the money another... from that to make this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're using What did you think? No, we're not cashing any checks from Disney now. We cashed them before. <laughs> also, it's on like some weird app I've never fucking even heard of. Like, yeah, que- I didn't Queeb- get that. Queeby or something. Never That's fucking weird. heard of it. <laughs> Steve Steve Queeby, the guy who uh, used to have the record for the best Donkey Kong game ever. That guy, <laughs> yeah, yeah, his app. <laughs> he, he started an app. Oh, I, I'll watch Queeby. <laughs> but no, I I really like comic book documentaries, and we don't get near as much of them, which is mm-hmm. weird because comic book movies dominate. Uh, what is it? The cinema as it stands yeah, right yeah. now. And there's been some really good ones in the last couple of years. There was that one on Bill Finger. Oh, uh, you know, trying really to- good. That was a really good one. Him fighting to, you know, try and get uh, recognized for the work that he did uh, post-mortem. Obviously, he wasn't doing it. A documentary crew was doing it. He was long dead. Uh, what is it? That PBS one, you know, superheroes, the never-ending battle. Even uh, a Walking Dead guy. Uh, what was his name? Uh, uh, Kirk- Kirkman. Kirk- yeah, Robert Kirkman. Yeah, Kirkman did an amazing, like, six-part series, uh, like, comic book uh, untold stories or something like that that, you know, took, like, a different aspect of comic book history and really focused on it. That was really good. Yeah, there, there's a good uh, DC one about the um, uh, villains as well. I think it's called mm. DC Villains or something. Yes, I remember that. That was, like, a, a feature on the DVDs for one of the animated movies yeah. back when they did those. Yeah. Remember DVDs when they had cool, uh, cool extra features? Just remember DVDs? <laughs> I know. I used to love DVDs. I had so many. Uh, yeah, and of course, my hetero man crush, Liev Shriver, hosted the PBS documentary, which mm-hmm. was yet another reason to love it. And what a good sport Shriver was. Hey, I was the saber tooth in that movie everyone hated, but I love comics so much I will come back and do this. <laughs> And that he wasn't afraid to rip on himself, too, being like, I was part of comic book movie history, too. They showed his version of Sabretooth. Aww. <laughs> Aww. Man, I would have loved to have seen him come back for, like, the old man Logan version of uh, Sabretooth. I, I I thought there was, like, rumors that he was. Or, or they, 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 they were going to put, like, a scene in where there was an older Sabretooth and it was going to be uh, Liev Schreiber. There was a cut scene where one of the kids who takes old man Logan in is playing with a Wolverine doll and a Sabretooth doll. Yeah, yeah, that's probably it. Yeah, and he asks him, it's like, was Sabretooth, what was Sabretooth like in real life? And, you know, Logan gives, like, a funny answer. Yeah. Uh, Tevi keeps asking, too, any opinion on Joker making a billion dollars? Good for them? I haven't seen the movie yet. I had a chance <laughs> to. I-, I will see it eventually so I can have an opinion. I mean, I guess... That's really good considering that they probably didn't spend as much as they spent on like Avengers and everything and they still made a billion dollars. It's not surprising. People are like, oh, are you surprised it made this much money? No. (laughs) No, they put the Joker name on a movie that's not the Joker. So of course it's going to make a billion dollars. He's the most recognizable villain of the most recognizable hero in all the world. It's kind of a no brainer, honestly. Yeah. 
I know, I know everyone kind of be, seems to be like, no, doesn't Todd Phillips deserve more credit? Doesn't he deserve more accolades? No, he made a billion dollars. That's that's basically all you can ask for, and most of the reviews were good. What, does he want a medal now, too? <laughs> does he want to be pardoned by the president for something? <laughs> <laughs> which, apparently, Trump had a screening of Joker at the White House for him and his family, which I'm like, of course he did. <laughs> Of fucking course he did. Why wouldn't he? This is the world we live in. <laughs> also, goddamn, that's just such a fucking weird story. Because, like, Trump doesn't seem like the guy who does anything with his family at all. No. <laughs> so if he's just like, okay, Melania, okay, other Donald, okay, other kid and daughter I don't talk about all that often. Let's, let's all meet in the family room in the West <laughs> Wing and let us watch the Joker Man movie. <laughs> I like this Joker Man movie. Hey, that guy he killed on the train looks a little like you, Don Jr. You notice that? <laughs> hey, this this br- this Thomas Wayne. I like this guy. He's a scumbag. Yeah. I can relate to yeah. him. <laughs> you beat me to it. My favorite character. My favorite character is this version of Thomas Wayne. <laughs> I, only good things will happen with this character. <laughs> I can feel it. Uh. uh. Uh, Crusader Khan, he called his fox and friends. <laughs> yeah, the only friends he has, Badum Tish. Uh, no, no, JT Wizzy, I don't mean the daughter he wants to have sex with. I mean the other daughter he doesn't I mean, talk about. I Tiffany. mean, he probably wants to have sex with that daughter as well. But... You know, that one was smart enough to leave, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Enough about politics. We're talking about the comic books, but yeah. J- Joker, I'll talk about it at some point. <laughs> again i don't feel like i had to rush to see it i feel like the discourse around the movie like i said really died down after a week it did it it absolutely did like no one was talking about it like they were talking about it that first week oh the subway scene oh this scene but then after that like nothing this is the first i've really heard it kicking up again where it's like it made a billion dollars isn't it amazing it made a billion dollars <laughs> Not really. Lots of comic book movies yeah. make a billion dollars now. You, I mean, you also got to remember I, it didn't have much competition. Oh, Charlie's Angels. That. Ooh, Maleficent. Mm. <laughs> I mean, again, I guess it is impressive that this movie, which again probably didn't cost as much as an Avengers or anything else to make, still went on to do that. But like I said, not impressive because most recognizable villain. But that's neither mm-hmm. here nor there. Yeah. I can't talk because I haven't seen it. <laughs> Uh, all right, what else uh, did we have going on here? Uh, ooh, Tom Taylor has already announced a sequel, spinoff, whatever you want to call it, to Deceased. Yeah, yeah, of course. I, I said I said in my review, like, we're going to get, like, another one in, like, the, the next six months, and I was completely right. And it's even worse because, like, we had that last issue, what, like, two weeks ago? It was about two Give weeks Give or take, ago. yeah. La- uh, this week, the, 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 the hardback trade paperback came out. So like like they were they were rushing this out. <laughs> oh yeah, and also too on top of that, we saw uh what is it in the back of uh, all the comics this week? It's like, "Hey, pick up your hard copy of DC." So they're really pushing this as a brand new brand. Yeah, which, you know, it would have been really good if they they had had a, a brand to put it under, but I can't think of one that's being underused and used only as a Batman uh, brand. I can't think of uh, one though. 
maybe like a dark label or, you know, like a a Twilight label of some (laughs) kind, a a, a noir label. No, that's too close to Spider-Man noir. If only if only we had something, Matt, if only. (laughs) Yeah, I I really wish they did put it under uh, under Black Label because then I wouldn't get stupid comments asking how this could possibly be happening in, in the main DC universe. Yeah, it isn't, it isn't, it isn't. But yeah, uh, Deceased Unkillables, if you can't tell from the nice uh, images that Matt has put up on the screen right now, this is going to basically deal with the villains and a lot of the more anti-heroic characters who we didn't see at the end of Original Deceased and who assumedly didn't get off the planet. (laughs) Yeah, or assumedly left on the planet with Poison Ivy and uh, Harley Quinn. Yeah, I guess so, and obviously, you know, we got Deathstroke and a Bane that looks way better than the Bane that's in uh, Batman right now, Deadshot, <laughs> Lady Shiva, Captain Cold, Red Hood, who, man, it's so funny, all the other Bat kids and everyone else got to leave and knew about Bruce dying and everything else. Not Red Hood, though, no one They're, bothered calling him. Well, only Damien got to leave, no one else actually got to leave because they all got fucking infected. Yeah, and no one even bothered to reach out to Jason. I imagine Jason, like, like kicking a trash can. I'm a member of this family, damn it. <laughs> Why does no one ever call me? And Cassandra Kane, you know, like, sidles up to him and wants to say something, but she doesn't say anything. Yeah, yeah. She's now like, the hey, Batgirl, man. I guess. Yeah, well, it's going back to her old Batgirl costume, which, again arguably looks a little better than her, uh, like, orphan suit. I'm glad mm-hmm. this suit actually gets to live again, even if it's only in this universe. Yeah. I'm down for this. And, uh, yeah, so that's Deceased Unkillable. It's Tom Taylor. I love that he has his own weird little corner of the DC universe to play around with now and that they trust him to do that. And uh, he's going to be getting more uh, more play, too, because his Suicide Squad book comes out soon. It does, yeah. I wonder how they'll differentiate this from his Suicide Squad book. Uh, easy, a bunch of new characters, that's how. Yeah, but those new characters only come in in that first episode. And like, Oh, really? Well, well they're all, they're all going to fucking die. They're all going to fucking yeah. die. They're all fucking, you know, you can't kill off like the, the mainstay characters like Deathstroke and all the Captain Cold, all those people. But like, you can kill off a new character you've just created because no one gives a fuck about them. Yeah, well, I, oh, I guess we'll see that, you know, take take bets in your own personal death pool as to who's going to die first. <laughs> but yeah, so good for Tom Taylor. I'm excited for that one. That's going to be a good read, even if it's coming a lot sooner than I thought. And DC's had the added, you know, uh, like little uh, extra layer that it came out during Halloween. Yeah, th- this is the, the one thing I'm kind of getting worried about with DC. It's like, okay, it was cool as like that one shot. Now, don't oversaturate it. It's like, oh, you're, you're kind of going there. You're, you're, you're rushing into a sequel sort of story, so... I mean, you know, like, uh, what is it, Marvel Zombies, as much as people liked those first couple ones, they ran that into the ground Ooh, by yeah. just doing it too much. Yeah. It's like, don't take a thing I like and make me not like it anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of sequels, Matt, and, and speaking uh, of things that, what, that, that, that's run into the fucking ground, <laughs> ran into the fucking, holy shit, we are the masters of segues, uh, <laughs> this week, DC, uh, announces Leviathan sequel, Leviathan Dawn, you know, the sequel to the sure, soon-to-be classic considered <laughs> Leviathan event Leviathan. Yeah, I don't give a fuck about this, this is, this is like, fuck, no one gives a we, shit about this fucking character. 
we we joked about this, Matt. This was a yeah. joke we did. Yeah. When we're like, man, nothing has happened in Event Leviathan so far. This is really lame. What do you think they're going to do for that final issue to cram it all in? Hey, they're just going to do nothing and ask you to pick up the sequel. That's literally what happened. The final yeah. issue, nothing happened. No. And now they want you to read a sequel. Yeah. Now it's like, yeah, for the full story, read this. But that first, but those issues will just be reiterating the actual event Leviathan story, which was, again, reiterating stuff we learned in action comics. That last issue of Leviathan, I'm actually rendering it now. It's going to be up tomorrow at 8 a.m. But holy crap, <laughs> I cannot it's remember so the last terrible. time. It is, and not even, like, bad in an interesting way, like no. Heroes in Crisis or Tom King's Batman, where it's like, wow, this is so bad, I want to unpack this all and really get to the root of where this went wrong. This is just violently boring. This is Ben mm-hmm. just, just not giving a fuck. No, no. Again, again, this feels like, okay, well, I don't need to tell anything here because I'll have a fucking new ongoing with this Leviathan character, so I'll just chug along... And, oh, he's Mark Shaw. Oh, people already guessed that months ago. Oh, well, oh well. Also, why should people care about Mark Shaw coming yeah, back when the no Manhunters haven't fuck. been relevant? Well, no one gives a fuck about the Manhunters to begin with. Who cares? You know who gives a fuck? You know who gives a fuck about the Manhunters? Uh, Mark Andreco, because he created Kate Spencer, and that's the only one he gives a crap about. And that's the only oh, and one she's like that maybe shit all over in this whole series. <laughs> that's what really got to me too where it's like oh yeah we're making the manhunters big and important again you know on earth and oh kate spencer was actually the key to everything then why did you beat her up in the first couple pages and she didn't get to do anything (laughs) yeah she just stood around and said my staff is important my staff is important we're gonna do something about stuff no well i tell you what kid you got any questions you just gotta go read the sequel all will be answered there (laughs) And I, I like I like that end of the that end of that book. Uh, we'll get into it more, but it's like it's like a threatening page. It's like, oh, you you'll you'll read the sequel. You'll have to because <laughs> it's in it action really comics. <laughs> I love that. It's Lois being like, oh, and you know, what will happen next for Leviathan and their plan? And I'm like, I don't give a shit. I am just <laughs> done. Here's my hand. Out. I am so outy. And in fact, now that I'm officially done reading Event Leviathan, I'm done reading everything Bendis is writing at DC right now. <laughs> I might pick up his Batman later because people are saying that's genuinely good when it's done. But still, I am not reading anything Bendis related. And I don't give a fuck anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, Bendis don't give a fuck. Honey, Bendis don't fuck around. He don't fuck. No, he 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 reached into all of our collective pockets, up all of our ass wallets, and he grabbed all of the fucks, and he is hoarding them in his underground Bendis cave, stockpiling fucks for the fuck apocalypse that is coming. (laughs) And it's just like you know, people are banging on the door, Bendis, please give us a fuck. I just need one fuck, and he's like, no, sorry, I got no fucks to give. (laughs) I got to ride about as he sits on a mountain. Yeah, really. <laughs> He's like, look, I don't give a fuck, but I'll tell you everything about Rogel's. I know. <laughs> Please start. Please stop. Not until I'm done. <laughs> they they told they foretold of my coming in the scrolls. Bendis was coming, and he did arrive. None were ready when he arrived. Uh, the great DC fuck shortage of 2019. <laughs> oh, jeez. So that was good, everyone. That's Event Leviathan. Check it out. Coming soon. Yeah, don't check it out. 
I, tr I truly think, like, is this going to be another six issues? Did he originally pitch this as 12, and when they realized, oh, nothing happens in the first six issues, we better cut this into two. <laughs> oh, I don't fucking know. <laughs> it's, it's the dumbest. It really, really, really is. But, uh, hey, on happier, better news, uh, DC actually announced a bunch of shakeups with their solicitations uh, for February, uh, for the new year. A bunch of writers are actually getting moved around, and some people are getting brand new books. Uh, first and foremost, and I guess this really should have made more sense, James Tynan is slowly but surely coming off Justice League Dark because, well, he needs to go write Batman now. Mm-hmm. And not just Batman, but, like, several other Batman-adjacent one-shots, like the Alfred one-shot, basically a funeral for him, sending him off. I'm glad Tynan gets to do that. Yeah, exactly, yeah. He gets his, his moment to, like, close everything up. Because if Tom King got to write, it would be like, Batman gets drunk and pisses all over Alfred's coffin before falling into an empty grave himself <laughs> yeah, and cries. Yeah, was, Batman never really loved Alfred. It was just him putting on a f facade because he's really Batman, and Batman is an emotionless alien. Yes, that's where exactly what exactly those exact words would be in the comic. In keeping with your will, Alfred, I will now shoot your body into the sun in a rocket, like you asked me to. Remember when we talked about that? That one? No, no, you're just making things up now, Tom Or it'd be like, look, you know, I I burned it, I cremated his body, and me and Catwoman snorted it together while having sex to gain Alfred's essence, <laughs> so he'll always be with us. <laughs> nah, bro, it's deep, it's deep and interesting. You just don't get it, bro. <laughs> but yeah, I'm glad he gets to do that. He's apparently writing a Valentine's Day issue, uh, which actually looks pretty interesting because it's a Nightwing-centric book. So Tiny mm -hmm. gets to write Nightwing and seemingly put him back together. Yeah. Uh, but some and uh, yeah, so he's getting off Justice League Dark, and in his place is a writer, Ram V, who I again not very familiar with him at no, all. No, I've never even heard of him before. But he won me over though pretty hard because it's like, okay, well, what do you have in store for your first issue? Animal Man's coming back. Yeah, and it's like, ooh, interesting. And I'm like, all right, sir. You know, b before you had uh, my interest, now you have my attention. Yeah. I think I'll <laughs> definitely pick it pick it up when this new writer starts. I've been like, like kind of reading it off and on, like just not reviewing it. And it's been it's been really cool. I like all the stuff with like the laws of chaos and order and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I'm definitely gonna pick this, up when a new writer begins. This this newest arc feels a little dragged out, honestly. I'm not gonna lie. I really like the book, and I still like Tynan, but you could... I basically feel like you can pinpoint the moment where he knew he was getting Batman, and he's like, oh, <laughs> crap, I gotta start thinking about Batman now. Yeah, this is the point where he knew, like, a like, couple of months ago when he wrote it. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like, oh, geez, no, I, I want to write the mystical, magical stuff, and Eclipso, and, you know, uh, the Justice League Dark but Evil team. Uh, just, oh, God, Batman is in my mind. What do I do? Yeah. Tevia, he was writing it, but him and James Tynan were both doing Justice League Dark at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. They were taking on and off, on and off. Right, which is kind of what, yeah, what Tynan was doing with uh, Justice League and Snyder. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, what else do we got going on here? Uh, now, one that made you really happy, and I'm going to let you take the reins on this one. Robert Venditti is now going to be taking yeah. over Justice League from Snyder because Snyder is wrapping up his run at the end of yeah. the Doom Justice War. Yeah, issue 39 is is uh, Venditti's first issue, and uh, boy, does it look interesting. 
uh, what, what's going on there, Matt? Uh, Tell us all about it. I, I have no fucking idea. We only got covers. <laughs> uh, we only got covers for it, and the covers feature the Justice League being getting the shit beaten out of them by the Eradicator and uh, what I'm going to assume is like a clone army or something, maybe a new Kryptonian mm. clone army or something. Interesting. Because the, like the, the, the Eradicator was with, with General Zod the last time we saw him. In, 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 in fact, uh, uh, Howard Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, written by Robert Venditti. Vind- right. um, That's right. He, and he was uh, doing shit and making like new Krypton stuff. So like these clones, like like proto-Kryptonians or something, like cloned or something. Yeah. Yeah. Potentially. Uh, Zod seems to be back to being a villain super hard too, because him and uh, what is it, uh, Rachel Ghoul are going to be bad guys for the next arc of uh, Batman Superman from Williamson. Oh, really? Because he's not a bad guy in, in the re- most recent Superman issue. <laughs> nope, but he's back to being a bad guy by February, though. <laughs> I'm cool with that. I'm cool with General Zod as a villain. <laughs> Me too. I, I know Bendis was like, well, what if he was his Vegeta? What if he was like his best friend, eternal rival anime character? I'm like, yeah. Like, we've done that before. Do something new. Yeah, do something I'll reveal funny. his identity. Uh, <laughs> maybe not that new. Also, not new at all. No. <laughs> you know, Vendetti is one of those writers that I keep hearing amazing things about him, but he always just so happened to be writing books that I wasn't reading, <laughs> like Green Lantern, which again, I heard he did great. Like, uh, what is it? Uh, what else did he do? Oh, he's, like he, Hawkman he's cu- currently. He's currently writing Hawkman, which I fell off, but I've been reading through, and I, I, I want to do a big video on it because it's just so fucking awesome that he's managed to take this character that's like had this huge fucked up history and just make, make it all make sense. The fact, too, that that book has made it to like 21 issues because it's still going yeah, in yeah. February is a testament to how good he is, where it's like, look, I got a Hotman book to 21 issues. Who else can say they did that? It also probably helps that, like, Hawkman's tied in with, like, that whole infected stuff, which is what they're doing mm. in the book at the moment. He's he's, oh. he's becoming the infected and whatnot. Interesting. Okay, see, that See that actually sounds like something might be interesting. Again, I feel like I need a long plane ride or a vacation to catch up on all of Hawkman, because that yeah. sounds good. It, it's, it's really good. It's funny, I remember, like, Vendetti's career, in a weird way, kind of, like, mirrors our own. I remember the year I went to New York Comic Con, uh, him and a bunch of industry people were, like, in the same restaurant as us. And, because he was working at Valiant at the time, he hadn't even made the crossover yet to start working at DC, I don't think. But, like, the rumbling was he was coming. And he was, like, a big, like, talent steal for them from, like, Mm -hmm. you know, Valiant when they were doing good. To be like, oh, yeah, come over here to DC now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And again, and uh, I, I remember, like, uh, what is it, like, uh, everyone in my part's like, oh, that's Robert Vendetti. Hey, can we, like, get a, uh, what is it, like, an autograph or something or talk about comics? And, like, I went outside to, like, get some air and everything. <laughs> I don't talk like, to this jo- fucking guy. <laughs> it's like, Joe, you didn't want to meet Robert Vendetti? I'm like, well, A, I didn't know that was him at the time. B, he's not writing anything I'm reading. I can't gush about the man if I'm not reading anything of his. <laughs> but, yeah, for that minute, everyone just thought I was a sociopath. <laughs> I just got up and left, started smoking outside. Yeah, what? <laughs> Uh, what, do you, what do you want from me? <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man. Yes, he is. He's going to start writing the the Walmart Superman book as well. Oh, really? Yeah, I think huh. I, after Tom Taylor's done, which it's got to be very soon. Uh, after Tom King so, is done, I mean. Right. So what you're saying is the Walmart Superman continues to be the only Superman book you need to read at the <laughs> yes, moment. Yes. To think about that. Oh, there's good DC comics. Where are they? Walmart. <laughs> yeah, just go to the Walmart. Just go to, don't even go to your local brick and mortar store, go to the Walmart, apparently. 
Not only are those original stories better, but you get collected a bunch of other classic stories as well. <laughs> it's a weird business move, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off. <laughs> but yeah, those are uh, those are some cool uh, cool new writer shakeups coming down the pipeline. And uh, yeah, I guess with that, we'll talk a little about comics, and then the rest of the show will be devoted to the Mandalorians. But I know both Matt and I. Uh, had a rant we wanted to get on. I kind of did mine on Leviathan already, <laughs> yeah. so I uh, so uh, I yield the floor to you, Senator Matt. What's what's got your balls in a knot well, this week? Yeah. Well, uh, well, two things, dude. Like both Event Leviathan and fucking Superman issue seventeen. Uh, we'll talk about Leviathan and finish off that. Like, yeah, it's fucking nothing happened. Fucking nothing happened. Not only does nothing happen, but Bendis actually shows his hand at the beginning that nothing has happened because out of the blue, he's decided to start playing with time. So Mm -hmm. when we last saw Lois, oh, my father is dying. I was transported to the Arctic. How am I going to get out of this? She's out of it by the time you open the book and Superman comes in to talk to her. It's like, wait, wasn't Superman having a showdown with the Leviathan guy? Oh, well, I guess he got out then. Yeah, all this stuff like, oh, it gave me such a fucking headache trying to like sort out like, Okay, so yeah, this page takes place before those last pages, but then this next page is before that, and then it goes mm-hmm. back. And I could see what he was trying to do. He was trying to set the whole thing up as Lois is writing the story and he's getting, getting the uh, like firsthand accounts from Superman and all those. Like at the end when she's published her article, but it doesn't come off like that. It comes off like someone with like a cognitive disability wrote a comic. It's really, it is so where it's like, where did your talent go, man? Did a talent vampire suck it? This is, this is mystery. This is stuff that you used to be good at. This was the kind of stuff you like cut your teeth on. What happened to you? (laughs) It's the damnedest thing. And also my camera keeps fucking up while I'm talking. It keeps starting and stopping. (laughs) It looks really funny. Leviathan has come again. Yeah, Leviathan, Bender's don't want you to talk about comics that he wrote. (laughs) No, look, guys, you see, every time my face starts fucking up on it, it's not like, you know, a mistake. It's not like a horrible internet uh, mess up. I'm a member of Spiral, and this is the Spiral (laughs) tech obscuring my face so no one knows who I am. That's and it's only gotten worse. But yes, what what did bother you about Leviathan, Matt? Oh, what what didn't bother me? I know. (laughs) Like, everything about this fucking issue just, oh, it was terrible. Like... And like like uh in the 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 issue like we get a fucking what's her name talia al ghul wants fucking manhunter because she's worked out like oh she's part of this even though like she she knew who mark shaw was and uh, she brought him into the organization which i love i love they just brush that off where it's like oh yeah talia brought mark shaw into leviathan in the first place i'm like that would have been nice to see yeah yeah like why didn't we see this why wasn't anyone told this to begin with why was she cool recruiting a hero when leviathan was an evil organization yeah god damn it yeah so she wants uh the the new manhunter and kate spencer's like ah it's not me it's not me it's that and everyone's like oh i don't know it might be fucking you and she's like it's not me and so so the same person that Kate Spencer is, she decides to prove her innocence by attacking the heroes. Yes, <laughs> the, the the exact thing. I think not even an issue ago that they were saying like, "Oh, Leviathan's trying to turn us on each other and get us to attack one another." Mm-hmm. And th- that whole thing with fucking what's his name, uh, 
Uh, Red, Hood. Red Red Hood. That whole thing was based around Leviathan trying to use him as a decoy and everything. As uh, as Tevia brings up in the chat, who is Mark Shaw? Exactly, Mark Shaw was one of the several Manhunters that existed before Kate Spencer. So the comic already assumes that you have a vast knowledge of DC Comics and know what this deep cut is. Even worse is that Mark Shaw implies that he had a long, full career as the Manhunter, and yet he acts like he and Superman are meeting for the first time. You know what's even funnier about that? Like, because there's a page where Superman talks about the Manhunters and how they were like the original Green Lanterns, and then they were adopted. Mm-hmm. That name was adopted by Paul Kirk, I think his name was the, yeah, fir- yeah, yeah, the yeah. first guy. So they don't even mention Mark Shaw at all. They mention the first no. guy. Like, so like it would have been better if they're like, oh yeah, I knew a Manhunter named Mark Shaw. Uh, he was a great guy. All that. So they don't even mention him in that. So they they make it sound like oh he's not important at all like paul kirk is because he was the first one kate spencer is because she's the new one the new and there was others between them is the funny thing yeah (laughs) so what a weird selective history and i'm like does ben just not know that all of this continuity conflicts i'm like well of course he doesn't because back in like detective comics when he was starting this story with superman he had like oh and here are the members of uh what is it argus and here are the members of uh friggin what is it checkmate And i'm like none of those guys have been in checkmate in years ben checkmate just became a thing when they just brought back their leader for justice league suicide squad it hasn't even been an organization and bendis is like yeah i don't know and i don't care yeah it God damn it. it. It's just so frustrating. And, and then, then we get like the revelation that like Mark Shaw was Sam Lane's partner in Argus, in Argus or before mm-hmm. Argus. So it's like, oh, good telling us that, you know? Yeah. And then they, and then they kill Sam Lane too. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of lame that they killed him off the way they did. Yeah. And, and they killed him off and it's not some big poignant moment like like clark tries to have a moment where he's like oh your father was a complicated man but he was a good man and lois is like shut the fuck up i need to write my story yeah he he literally dies in between issues and we get no final moment with him and he's just gone and i'm like wow is there anything more pathetic than having a bad death and a bad event oh god god damn it what uh it's annoying it's so fucking annoying not worth the paper it was printed on nope no you could again like bendis is like that legion of superheroes millennium you could probably just skip over this and go straight to the next series because i get i said in my review i guarantee it i fucking guarantee it this the next the next issue that deals with leviathan will be recapping this whole fucking event it'll be like lois talking to fucking someone who was there at that event uh previous and talking about oh we fought leviathan and did nothing and stood around and everything i i will give this story credit though for being needlessly complex and yet also incredibly easy to find out who leviathan was (laughs) all at the same time oh they they I had a, I had a feeling, I have a feeling that it probably changed a couple of times as well, like who Leviathan mm. was, or like even Bendis probably didn't even know until like, oh, make it a Manhunter. Yeah. Oh, and as Tevia brings up too, Guardian was working for Leviathan, oh, maybe f- all oh, along. Oh, fuck, yeah, Ma- that's right. Maybe all along, but also maybe he had his mind taken over because apparently there's no spies left in the DC yeah. universe anymore because Leviathan just took control of all of them. Yeah, but then uh, 
again, this is me being like smart and being like someone who's actually read these comics. I'd be like, oh, maybe that's like one of Jim Harper's clones or something, mm, and pretending to be some. Guardian because yeah, there's he or him himself is a, is a fucking clone. Um, Which is the funniest thing, too. So it's like, well, but wait, so Bendis, you brought back Jim Harper, the Guardian, just to have him join Leviathan? That's the only reason you brothered bringing him back oh, in and Superman? Play, and play Jobber to his new new OG, do not do not steal character, Red Cloud. Oh, that's right. That did happen. He did get beaten up by Red Cloud. I forgot. Yeah. My new OC. <laughs> <laughs> Now, uh, you said Superman was uh, oh. chapping your ass, too, this week. How did this one chap your ass? Oh, gee, nothing fucking happened this issue. Nothing at all. Like, Superman is like... Like, this is the issue after the whole United Planets is is mm-hmm. uh, is set up. Uh, none of that gets, like... We don't go into any of that. We don't go into Superman having to deal with, like, the political landscape of that. Like, like having to deal with all these planets coming together and none of that he goes to like lois's apartment getting a like a really petty argument with her uh because because um for some reason they they decided to bring back that box lex gave her oh fuck i forgot about the box yeah yeah it doesn't fucking matter uh so like it's a literal jj abrams mystery box yes so yeah lois has been like like looking at it contemplating it and everything and like superman comes and he's like what's this and so oh it's a box from lex luther and he's 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 understandably upset you know um i don't know how he's here at this point in time when he's meant to be in the future and you know with the justice league and all that sort of stuff and uh yeah and he's he's like well i'm not gonna go and and confront lex because that's what he wants like he wants that i'm like well you couldn't anyway because he's in fucking space and you're already confronting him um so con- continuity is just just fucking everywhere in this issue um boy is it i love the only book that even tries to make sense of it is uh tomasi's detective comics and they're yeah. like this story takes place before batman 77 it couldn't possibly take place no. before that <laughs> um but yeah he 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 just like he's talking about it and then and like lois is going like getting real mad about it like like it's like she's like oh are you afraid there's like something in that box that could kill you or like give me power i'm like the fuck is this coming from like what the fuck is going on and then yeah they get into an argument and then fix it in the next page (laughs) (laughs) really feels like bendis is trying to make lois into a villain doesn't it it does it really it's really strange it's really strange and then like like superman has a moment where he's like oh i hate that the future took my son you know he's taken taken from him like you let him go last mm-hmm. issue you, for the second time you let him go you, you said like yeah it's cool you can go to the future i'm like so you don't get to say that you don't you don't get to say that bendis and then and then he's but like I oh do. and then he's like i don't i'm gonna tell people i'm superman that's it like really? like there's no no like reason why or and he's just i'm going to tell people i'm superman just apropos of now is this his superman version of a midlife crisis my wife is you know (laughs) is all up on my ass and my son moved out of the house maybe now is a good time instead of buying a muscle car to let people know i'm superman (laughs) uh yeah and then he this is this is where the this is near the end of the book he goes to see Kara because he's got to tell her about it like because it's going to affect her and everything um, yeah, which what a but, dick move. I just won't be putting my life in danger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but like he just, he then decides to just like go see Zod. Oh. But like it's it's really weird. Like he just 
like because i think like oh he's gonna go see zod to maybe maybe get his opinion or something because they're kind of friends at the moment you know but he just like goes there and they just and then him and supergirl just have that conversation on new krypton i'm like what the fuck is going on here because he's he like arrives like hi zod can you leave us alone we need to have a conversation i'm like just have it at the fucking fortress of solitude you were just there also, Superman's still weirdly okay, what with the whole uh, Zod colonizing mm-hmm. an entire alien planet for himself. Yeah. Oh, that was another thing. He says he's never been there before. I'm like, uh... You yeah, have. You have. You were there in Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, and before that, you these were issues that happened. You know, I read them. I reviewed them. Bandes, I didn't read that. <laughs> yeah, that's not canon. I didn't read that. Only what I write is canon. Why do you yeah. think I get paid the big bucks? Yeah, and so, yeah, at the end of that issue, he's like, I'm going to tell everyone who I am. Amazing. That's that's how we're getting here. Yeah, and, and I, I worked it out, because I, I, like, went back to see what issue happened in the New 52, and it was, like, issue 41. And really? I, I, I counted that, and it's not even 30 issues ago did we get the secret identity reveal again. So they're not even, not even, like like a whole writer's like like volume basically like a whole writer's time on a book amazing what a what a time to be alive matt what a time (sighs) and then now we're getting like a spin-off out of that where like the villains react to superman outing his identity i'm sure most of them will be like who's clark kent yeah i was gonna say because aren't like the majority of them not even superman villains oh no a majority of the villains like react or a majority of superman's villains are like aliens like brainiac or like mm-hmm. parasite like they'll be like i don't give a fuck like it's, also, it's really too, only lex luther who'll be like what yeah and like if i'm the toy man where it's like oh i guess i'll go kill clark well no he's superman and i haven't been able to kill superman <laughs> yet so i guess i'll do nothing yeah uh, i am excited for that villains book that that villain one shot thing though because i think it's not just bendis writing it's like greg rucker matt fraction yeah so like those 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 sections of the book written by those guys will probably be pretty good might actually have a chance to be better they might be like hey brian we could do that or we could do this other thing (laughs) we could do something actually interesting and original Uh, i don't know the difference anymore we know you don't (laughs) we know you don't also hey can you spare some fucks nope nope i gotta keep all those fucks for the fuck apocalypse <laughs> gotta keep them in the vault matt i think we have a new shirt can you spare some fucks no gotta hoard them all for the fuck apocalypse that's coming <laughs> it's like it's like winter is coming but now the fuck apocalypse is coming that's a, that's the, like um what lucky six is saying in the chat lex won't even be like shocked with a superman death like we had that we had that amazing one shot of lex for the year of the villain yeah. where like yeah, he didn't give a fuck that like Superman was Clark Kent, and he le- and he kind of or he kind of learnt that already as well in that one shot. Like yeah. he kind of learnt that, so it's like he won't give a fuck. Well, that is if Bendis remembers that, which he no, might he not. won't. He won't because Lex in this book would just be normal Lex because this yeah. all happens like like hours before everything that has happened over the last two years. Crazy time in comics is so weird. Time in DC comics is a joke at the moment. <laughs> It really, really is, because it's like, uh, hey, are edi- you editors, are you going to do your job and tell these, you know, oh, let's the face it. It's Wild West over there and edit a edit land. Like, they're not doing anything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, we could try and rein our three biggest, most popular, most highly paid writers in at the moment, or we could not. Let's yeah. just not. And this is coming on the heels of, like, a giant, like, timeline being sorted out. <laughs> 
And that's really what it is. It's like, well, we can't offend any of our three biggest writers right now because they might go leave and write for someone else. I guess we just let them do whatever they want and then we'll come out with a timeline later. Yeah. I'll, I'll ask you this because I was thinking this the other day. Is this like the like in comics in general, is this the most like fucked up time, like timeline wise in comics? But, I mean, it's the most fucked up, I think, in modern memory since you and I have started working on this thing. But, I mean, I'm not going to say never, ever, because, you know, I'm sure there's a more messed up time. Well, I'd argue, I'd argue that, like, yeah, maybe, like, before, like, Crisis of Infinite Earths it was that. But, like, before that, there wasn't really anything, any concept of, like, like a timeline or anything. It was just, like, comics. They happen. Yeah. Yeah. True enough. Yeah. Yeah. Eh, it's a it's a hell of a thing but you know let's let's wash the taste out of uh, of that out of our mouth by talking about something we did enjoy yo how about them new x-men books yeah oh fuck so oh, bruh the islands fuck x-men bro the, the islands, islands totes fuck. fuck bro boy do they ever and it's like hey how do you how do you tell an island to use protection you can't yeah because islands do what they want to do <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do love that, you know, that uh, all-new X-Men 2 where it's like, okay, so, you know, it's like a family sitcom with the Summers family. They're getting closer, going on adventures. I guess, you know, Hickman's kind of calmed down and cooled it down <laughs> and everything now moving forward. I guess we're just going to have regular X-Men adventures. No, what about an island that came out of hell and there's an albino summer summoner in it who can summon actual Lovecraftian horrors? <laughs> and An albino summoner who is the, the granddaughter of Apocalypse and the daughter of war the horseman <laughs> how about it y'all thought i was slacking just doing like sitcom yeah. shenanigans with the summers family you were wrong yeah, and then and then we see two two land masses fuck <laughs> mm -hmm. yep hickman has made the x-men so horny again even the islands get this it is like on one of those, what are those really weird like anime like visual novels where there's like there's you can you can date a pigeon well, you know, so it's like you can date an island you can date a landmass do you want <laughs> you want to date a landmass <laughs> who does it? island simulator 2019 <laughs> most hatful island <laughs> uh but yeah so again I, I love the fact that this whole dawn of x x-men era is honoring every part of the X-Men from like the weird space stuff with the Badoon and the Shi'ar and the Star Jammers to even stuff where it's like, yo, you know, the X-Men like went to hell sometimes and fought <laughs> demons occasionally. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's great that it's like just going, every, going like in all different directions and not shying away from any of this shit. And it just all feels right and normal and like, yep, that's what and would it, happen. And, and it makes sense. <laughs> totally. I like Hickman's characterization of uh, Rachel and Cable this issue. They're basically like the Bart and Lisa to Cyclops' Homer. I gotta admit, though, Cable's a fucking idiot in this book. Boy, though. is he ever. <laughs> he's a big he, fucking idiot. <laughs> he's an idiot here, and he's an idiot, too, over in uh, Fallen Angels, because, like, X-23 is like, nah, Cable doesn't get to come with us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fuck him. <laughs> He, he smells, he'll ruin it for everyone, and that is you see in all new X-Men. Boy, did he! yeah yeah who why 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 did he think giving a grenade to like a an unknown being would be a good idea <laughs> like i, I know I like he's grenades. a bit stupid but come on 
Because <laughs> I like Grenade. <laughs> Again, totally a Simpsons moment. All right, you albino Sumner, I'm going to start moving my arms like this. And if you get hit, it's your own fault. <laughs> In his defense, though, I guess Rachel was a little slow on the draw, too, to be like, oh, hey, she's probably put that new mutant language in its mind so we can talk, huh? I like the idea that they've actually been talking about talking in that mutant language this whole time, and we haven't noticed. Yes. I, I like that idea a lot, actually, that they were doing it for so long they never even considered not Does doing that mean it. we're mutants because we understand them? And, and like, <laughs> That's there's gonna people be the out there that like only see, like, why, why is the book covered in these weird fucking glyphs? in these weird scribbles <laughs> is that is that like hickman's like like test to like see like who's a mutant and who's not <laughs> i wouldn't put it past him and you know the the real truth is the mutant was inside of us all along yeah the mutant was the friends we made along the way <laughs> we made along the way <laughs> but yeah this uh this book was really cool again going in a lot of weird directions i like I like that so many characters can cross over now and it feels so organic and not confusing to be like, oh, and here's Apocalypse here and Apocalypse is in Excalibur and Magneto is in this book and in all the other books. Yeah, and yeah, there's like a, uh, like a, like you can tell when, when books take place. There's like a time, like mm -hmm. a timeline that makes sense as well. Yes, they, isn't that nice? They all mentioned that uh, Charles Xavier was shot in the head, but it's not a big deal. <laughs> Yes, yeah, we'll get to that next week. <laughs> He's fine. He's fine. We're all fine. It's cool. <laughs> I mean, look, come on. If we, well, we all died in a space station attack not too long ago. <laughs> that was one thing I was really surprised they didn't like. Sort of just go go with that story. Like, okay, yeah, you all died. You all got ruined because that that issue ended with like like Xavier kind of kind of um, echoing like the the no more mutants sort of sentiment thing. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, just go with that a little bit. Yeah. No, we, we got to learn about the albino summoner. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm, I'm down for that again too. Hickman is a huge fan of like the, you know, pasty one color character, be it ex Nilo or the gardeners. And mm. now the summoner, he really has a type, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. Uh, makes him look human, but still alien. They've all got that weird, uncanny valleyness about them. Or do you you're... think? Or do you think it's him or the uh, the artist uh, mm. Leniel Yu? Because he did he did the Avengers stuff with X Nilo as well. That's true. Could be his thing. You never know. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, we had that. We had Fallen Angels too. I enjoyed Fallen Angels not as much as All New X Men. The worst thing I can say about Fallen Angels is that it feels a lot like a classic X Men story, and they also depart from the island pretty quick in that. Oh, okay. I've I haven't fully read that book yet. Oh, haven't you? Well, it's again. It's it's all about Psylocke, just mm -hmm. like uh, how what is it? How Excalibur, Excalibur was all about was about Betsy Braddock. Mm -hmm. The idea being that basically Psylocke is going through what I can really only describe as a uh, mutant, the mutant equivalent of a divorce, where it's like, <laughs> look, she she got to keep some of the powers, but I get to keep the code name, though, and I get to keep the old costume. <laughs> and also, I'm going to go back to using, uh, what is it, my Japanese name you didn't know I had, Kwanon, which is like the old... Uh, Japanese goddess of war who has death in one hand and a child named Mercy in the other, and you know it's all it's, it's all built around her. Uh, she she gets like a weird uh, vision, someone being like, "Oh, fear the coming of Apoth, a new god, and only you can stop them, Psylocke." So she wants to go back to Japan to deal with all of this, but she can't get off the island because Xavier is dead and Magneto has put the island on lockdown. Oh, I can. 
So yeah, yeah, it happened so, at the same time as X Force. So do they reference like did. all the like how like someone came in and like did a mass shooting, <laughs> basically in, in mass shooting in like their their like like plaza area? No, they're all pretty cool with it. <laughs> they're all like, no, no, we got to put this on lockdown. But it's gonna be fine. It's all gonna be cool. Magneto's running the show now. It's all good. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, what is it? She, she goes to uh, Mr. Sinister because he's the only one who can actually get her off the island because, you know, he has evil ways and evil means. I would have thought she would have gone to, like, the Marauders or something because it's, like, their whole deal. Mm. Well, she doesn't want people to know, though, because this, this is personal. This is about family, okay, okay. Matt. Family. Okay. Yeah, family. Family, Corona's cars. <laughs> it's, it's not far off, actually. <laughs> And, she, and Psylocke's like, oh, shit, I probably shouldn't go to mainland Japan to fight this underworld thing on my own. I should probably get some help. You know, who's who looks to be bored with Paradise? So she recruits X-23 and Young Cable at first, but Young Cable gets left behind. <laughs> because Laura, who is really bitchy in this, uh, apparently uh, Brian Edward Hill uh, said on Twitter that he was really sorry with how he characterized her and he wishes he could go back and change it because this book basically kind of acts like the Tom Taylor series never happened. Oh, no. is uh, So I, I'm i guessing uh, uh, Gabby isn't there then. No, there is no Gabby. Oh, oh. I like that character. I, I wanted her and Jonathan to be on fucking Krakoa. Me too. Wouldn't that have been a really nice thing? No, she's back to her old costume and back to being really aggressive and also being really dismissive about Wolverine, which is like, but you got so close. That, that whole like, like all new Wolverine book was about her, like, like looking up to him as a father. That's like why she took his mantle and everything. Yeah. Oh, God damn it. But at least Brian Edward Hill says he was wrong about that, and he's going to try and fix that. No, well, hopefully he does. Hopefully that doesn't mean like it just like makes everything else go by the wayside. Then, yeah. But uh, I mean, how rare is it though that a writer actually comes in and goes, "Oh yeah, I was wrong. I really mischaracterized that character. My bad." Yeah. Well, yeah. Usually they take to Twitter to like have to explain the book and then explain why you're stupid for not understanding it. Yeah, or, you know, you get, like, uh, that last Titans crossover there where uh, Christopher Priest is like, sorry, man, didn't read that. Oops. <laughs> at least he just came out and said, oops, yeah, didn't read that. My it. bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was I supposed to read that? Sorry, it's hard to <laughs> write and read comics. I'm still Christopher Priest, and I'm like, you sure are. <laughs> but, yeah, she, uh, she goes to Japan, and it turns out this dude, Apoth, is his name, which is one of those great names because it means, like, several things at once. Mm -hmm. Has created a new super drug called Overclock, which okay. is very Black Mirror because it hacks the human brain and makes you feel really awesome but also slows down your perception of time. Cool. Which, again, is fun. And I'm like, oh, we're doing another mutant super drug? Seriously, how many of these are there? <laughs> yeah, they, they, we, we still haven't really gotten a full explanation on the, that, that mutant drug that Krakoa is meant to be making. And, like, giving no, that to people it, who see them as a nation. No, it, like, cures Alzheimer's and, like, expands human life by, like, five years and everything. But, yeah, <laughs> Overclock, which reminds me way too much of, like, mutant growth hormone and what Magneto was taking in his book mm -hmm. and all these other mutant drugs. Yeah, yeah, I agree, chat. Overclock does sound very anime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this whole thing was very anime, actually. And, you know, uh, Psylocke does some fighting and, you know... Uh, 
finds out that Apoth is literally using child soldiers, and Apoth hates them damn mutants, but not because he's racist, but only because he wants to, you know, be evolved humanity himself and become a god, and he can't do that when the mutants are trying to do the same thing. <laughs> and basically, Psylocke... Stealing, stealing my fucking growth. <laughs> yeah, stealing my job as a god, basically. <laughs> and Psylocke's like, okay, I'm gonna keep fighting Apoth now, but also I'll need to be able to get on and off the island and fight this war on my own as not sanctioned by Magneto or Xavier. And I'm like, I don't know, if you pitched it to them, they might let you do it. <laughs> She's like, okay, Mr. Sinister, I'm working with you now. You uh, help me get my team, which I'm going to pick on and off the island. And in exchange, whenever I beat Apoth, I'll give you whatever science he was doing. <laughs> and Sinister's like, all right, that's cool. That works for me. Yeah, that works for me. It seems like all the villains so far in 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 Krakoa have, have got like ulterior motives. Like in in X Men Two, we saw Apocalypse obviously doing his his shit. So it's like, yeah, this this is going fucking fail. This is going fucking fail. They they all have their own little side hustles going yeah. on, and I like that. Yeah, yeah. Fallen Angels 2 is also the unofficial X Men team, which I kind of appreciate. That like X Force and Excalibur and all new x-men and marauders and all of them are like the actually sanctioned by the ruling body of krakoa so like mm -hmm. they're all part of the krakoan government one way or another yeah, but yeah. fallen angels is the actual like off the grid one yeah like what they're doing is actually like i the the idea is is that if psylocke gets caught doing all of this she'll get in trouble and probably get thrown where they threw saber to yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll they'll uh, throw. We again, we still haven't got an explanation of that. I hope we get something about that as well. There's just like this yeah. this thing underneath the island where all the mutants that like speak out against Xavier and shit get thrown. The gulag. Throw him in the hole. Throw him in the hole. Throw him in the <laughs> volcano. Yep. Yeah, it's fine, but also feels very much like old X Men books. It doesn't feel like the new stuff. Yeah, okay then. Which, you know, is nothing against it. I mean, I'm sure if you want something more in line with, you know, more classic X-Men, this will probably fill the void. But, yeah, that's uh, that's what that one was. That was Fallen Angels. Cool. Yeah. All right. So now that that's out of the way and now that we've talked our comics, I think it's time to talk about uh, something that I know you and I have been deeply loving and I know the fans have wanted us to talk about. This is your last chance, though. If you haven't seen it, if you haven't, if you don't got Disney Plus yet, or haven't been able to see it any other way, we're going to be spoiling the first two episodes of Mandalorians. Which boy, boy, did I love how they did this one, where you got the premiere on Tuesday and then you got the next episode on Friday. Yeah, well, Friday, yeah, Friday is like the day they they all come out from now on, except for the for the week of uh, mm. uh, Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, which is super super cool. Yeah. But uh, yeah, where, where where do we want to start with this, Matt? I'll let you start because you're the local mm. Star Wars czar. Uh, well, I, I, I've talked about it so much in the last week because I did an audio commentary on both those episodes as well as a review. Um, fucking Mandalorian! It it's fucking cool. It's fucking awesome. It it met every expectation I had, and also some new ones that yeah. I didn't think I had. Yeah, yeah. It's rare. It's rare that a series comes out and is literally everything I wanted it to be. It is. It it really is. It was. It's everything, and as well as stuff I didn't know I wanted until I saw it. 
Totally. Like, like when they were touring this show around, they're like, oh, it's a space western. It's a real deal space western. And I'm like, okay, everyone says that, <laughs> that their thing is a is a western in blank genre. And usually that just means like, oh, we ripped off some shots from Sergio Leone or we had like a particular sort of gunfight. But no, this is a goddamn western right down to the music that has classic Star Wars themes remixed with tangy or twangy cowboy guitars. Yeah, lo- like that's that's like a big like pro for me in this in this uh show like uh, ludwig Gorenson's music is completely different to like john williamson or michael oh yeah giacchino's music it's so damn good and and it fits it it fits it perfectly and as well as like it, it makes it more of a western as well totally as, as I thought, two episodes in, The Mandalorian is called The Mandalorian because the guy we follow around has no name. He is the man with no name. He is Clint Eastwood. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's following all those all those kind of Western tropes. He gets the – he's the, the big bad guy, quote-unquote, uh, you know, bounty hunter who's, who, who's never uh, – compromises or anything when we see him he's he's pretty badass he's still i enjoy as well that he's he's still fallible he can still fuck up like he did big time in that second episode um he can still fuck up he's not boba fett he's not perfect at everything no he's also not invincible no no he gets fucked up quite a fair bit in these two two episodes by things you would not expect, like those giant frog lizards that bite him in the arm. And I like I like he has the flamethrower like a lot of the other Mandalorians, but I like so far the flamethrower hasn't really done shit. It's no, just yeah. kind of shocked people. Yeah, he, he like uses it every now and then, but yeah, it, it doesn't really work all that well. He uses his grapple hook as well quite a fair bit, and I like that. He does not, however, have a jetpack. And as we discover, the new status quo for Mandalorians is that they are an empire living in exile. We have no idea what happened to the House of Ren, what happened to Death Watch. They're basically living on the run now, getting their special medal. Uh, what's that called again? Uh, Beskar Steel. Beskar Steel, which, again, if if you do really good as a bounty hunter and you level up, the old master <laughs> will give you an upgraded pauldron. <laughs> yeah yeah she she gets uh i am that's gonna be like the i think the thing like every a couple episodes he'll get some more beskar steel and eventually he'll have like a whole set i think we've even seen it a whole set of that like really cool armor and i mean i think when you become a black belt mandalore and you get a jetpack <laughs> at some point too i actually like that he doesn't have a jetpack because he's got to work to do things and it makes True. him that much more uh competent i think it really, it really, really does. Uh, we also learn like a little bit about his backstory every episode. We discover that he is a foundling, which that mm-hmm. opens up a lot of doors where it's like, oh, were the Mandalorians as a people decimated so much by the war with the Empire that they eventually had to start literally adopting kids like the Jedi and turning them into new Mandalorians? That's the thing. Like he's, he's technically not a Mandalorian, but he is because he was adopted by them at a young age. Kind of, Again, kind of mirroring that Jedi thing, where he's adopted yeah. them by the at a young age and trained in their arts and their religions. So he is a Mandalorian, basically. Which he, he even says in that second episode, no, I'm not going to put my gun down. Weapons are part of my religion. Yeah. Um, I like that part as well when we find him as a kid. That like, because like, when that second trailer came out, that we saw shots of that and I'm like, oh, that's going to be the Mandalorian and he's going to be like in the Clone Wars and stuff as a kid. 
and um i was completely right about that uh because mm-hmm. he was and there's there's like rumors as well like we're gonna see more of that as the episodes go on until we actually right. get a full flashback and it's gonna be like like we're gonna see the jedi like save him or something or like right. be in in there with him as well so that's pretty cool as uh, as jt wizzy is saying that uh thing that the war that he got found in that was the clone wars yes. not the empire oh yes. okay that's interesting yes it was that and yeah because the show is set five years after return of the jedi right he's an adult now that timeline would work out uh, so i guess he's really pissed off at the separatists i'm assuming it was the separatists that shot Ooh, up his town that's why he hates droids in that first episode he wouldn't oh. get on that speeder because it's piloted by a droid oh. and then he didn't particularly want to work with ig-11 because it's fucking droid oh. that makes a lot how did i not pick up on that that <laughs> makes excellent sense man can we talk to about the cameos here freaking brian posain yeah. getting to be in star wars I was so happy for him because Brian Posehn is like an uber arch nerd. He is basically yes. one of us. Yeah, he looks like one of us as well. <laughs> he, like, seriously, like, you could sub him out on any episode of the Comic Multiverse or any podcast we're on. It's like, yeah, he belongs there. Yep, yeah. that's about right. Yeah, it was so cool. And it was cool because I follow him on Twitter. It was cool seeing him, Same. his reaction to it. He's like, I'm in Star Wars. Yay. I can talk about his, it now. <laughs> his joy is so pure and so wholesome and beautiful. And it's like when Brian Posehn wins, we all win collectively. <laughs> <laughs> I love that he got to be a freaking Nick Nolte finally gets to be in Star Wars. Well, his voice gets to be in there, yeah. but still. No, that's actually him. Like That's what he looks yeah. like now. <laughs> drugs man don't do them <laughs> he looks like an ugnaught <laughs> no yeah, special effects was used <laughs> and man you know like he's doing the voice of a puppet but god damn it he's not phoning in his performance no. at all no no yeah it's cool that he finally gets to be in star wars i think he he originally he like auditioned for like han solo or something back he did back, back in like for a new hope and everything so it's pretty cool that he got to see uh see that through and become part of like the star wars lore i really i really enjoy that and there's a moment too where it's like oh is he gonna join the mandalorian's crew nah he's gotta live here and he uses a phrase you have returned peace to my valley and i'm like oh now you're just straight up doing shane western quotes (laughs) peace in the valley (laughs) yeah yeah all of that stuff like yeah that second episode was very it was very like like western but also very anime inspired with like uh like Mm. uh lone wolf and cub stuff like that. oh yeah so much lone wolf and cub because hey everyone the mandalorian doesn't do it alone the mandalorian has a little tag along a little a little babby a little babby yoda species and no literally you have to say yoda species because yoda species does not have a name no. canonically doesn't it's have any any it. information about it. the only two we've ever seen is yoda and yadel and yep this is the this is apparently the whole the series or at least one of the arcs of the series is going to be exploring that uh species yeah. and we're going to get a name for them eventually uh as well as cool. uh, maybe see their home world possibly because yeah the only thing we knew about yoda species before this is that they were rare they were guarded and that they were uh like genetically predisposed to being good force users and as we can see yeah yeah and not only that they they their age like like really slowly so like so, so like the whole thing is the Mandalorian gets like uh, sent by Werner Herzog to like uh, 
apprehend a bounty, an off-the-books bounty who's mm. 50 years old and uh, he's on this planet. You've got to go find him. And, and the Mandalorian finds this baby and the baby is 50 years old. And it's a mm. baby because it's a Yoda species. I thought that was pretty cool. That is funny. <laughs> uh, Party Pug says Yoda was hiding from child support. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, he hid the child away from for child support. <laughs> Pay child support, I will not. That's why he went to Dagobah. He didn't. He wasn't escaping the Jedi purge. He could have dealt with that. But he's like, fuck this, uh, paying child support. You know how much the Jedi Order pays me? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> hiding from my ex-wife, I am. <laughs> <laughs> Well, now that just makes a lot of sense. But yeah, that's super cool. Man, Warner Herzog just kills it. He's only in it for a little bit, and it's the scene we saw that got leaked online. But holy shit, is he good in this. He's he's Werner Herzog, but he wears, like, Star Wars clothes. Although those, they're probably, like, his real clothes. <laughs> yeah, really. He was so born for all of this, and when he's sitting there saying, oh, bounty hunting is a dangerous profession, you know, don't feel too bad if you can't bring it in alive, because obviously he was fine, but the doctor wanted the baby alive, and we don't know why yet. Well, I think I have, because we, we got some stills of that doctor, and you can see the patch on his arm, and the patch on his arm is the same patch that the Camino and cloners use. Oh, So e- either shit. he's... They're trying to clone the baby to get like force users, or they're trying to like fight, like clone the midichlorians or something. Can we isolate the force gene so yeah, this yeah. way the, the 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 empire will rise again? Yeah, we can we can vaccinate the children with the force. Or that too. Can we do it the other way? It's like we don't want any force users being born yeah. anymore. Yeah. Because the, they tip the scales of power too much, and also our leadership was made up of force users, and look how that turned out. Yeah, so th- that that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, just going back to Werner Herzog, like, have you seen like some of the interviews he's been giving? For, yes, like, this? He, he's he's fucking so much fun as well. It's like God he, is, and he? I'm like, wow, I never like pegged like I, I like when I heard him cast. I I, I think oh, he's gonna do like no interviews, and like the one he does, he'll be like, eh, I just did it just cause you know fucking it's money. a paycheck, yeah, yeah, to to fund my next documentary on some you know filipino witch doctor or something i don't know yeah whatever warner herzog yeah. does all yeah. day yeah yeah um but yeah he's he's like he he's talking about how much he fucking loves it and everything but he did a really good interview with i think it was like like variety or something where he mm. was they're like asking he's like oh did you see any of like uh john favreau's movies and he's like no and it's like oh he made yeah. the lion king he's like i did not know that <laughs> and he's like like, do you watch any tv it's like oh i've been watching like like keeping up with the kardashians and 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 wrestlemania (laughs) what the fuck you know one cannot remove themselves from culture sometimes you must see the human condition yes i watch keeping up with the kardashians and wrestlemania which here's the thing Every year you got to pay like 50 to 60 bucks if you want to stream WrestleMania. I will happily pay $100 if I can watch WrestleMania with Werner Herzog. <laughs> 
Please tell me, Werner, who is in your boy stable? Who do you think Vince isn't pushing good enough? I love Rusev very much, but his storylines leave much to be desired. I wish that they would push him in a proper belt program. <laughs> That'd be really awesome. Now that he said that, someone should try and get him on like a wrestling podcast. <laughs> oh, please, dude. Come on, AEW, Tony Khan. You guys are just burning money at this point. Please, for the love of God, get Werner Herzog to guest call a match. Ah, uh, yes, you know, these young bucks, they, they are youth but it is fleeting and when i watch their matches i know that one day we will all die <laughs> i like it when matt super kicks the other guy i agree uh, that'd be amazing god damn also even just like the other stuff too where it's like you know uh what is it martin scorsese is kind of like acting a fool right now being like marvel movies aren't real cinema and here's warner herzog being like the mandalore is the true <laughs> <A> spirit <laughs> of cinema come again <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like i think we all know which uh weekend dad we want to hang out with more <laughs> <laughs> thanks for just like being super cool warner <laughs> uh yeah he he's great in the show we get we get carl carl weathers for like a little bit as grief card yeah he's he's pretty cool he's like the, the the boss of the the uh bounty guild and everything so you don't get to see a lot of him i imagine we will soon though as he comes back. just the fact that he exists in the universe makes yeah. me happy uh we got ig11 played by taika watiti and yeah. i am so happy he didn't just do like a korg voice no he was actually trying to sound tough in this one yeah yeah and i because i was really what i was like oh his voice is just gonna sound a bit like korgs but they're gonna like robotize it a little bit and it didn't sound like that at all he sounded pretty menacing no, and, and he's pretty fucking op <laughs> He is, and you could actually tell it was him, too. And it's like, wow, for a whole bunch of people seeing these movies for the first time, they've never seen an IG assassin droid before. No, no. We've seen, like, some in, like, the backgrounds of shots and standing there. But, yeah, not not, not in action. Can we also talk about the literal dozens of Star Wars The Holiday uh, special <laughs> references that this thing's made? Right down to the Mandalorian's choice of weapon, which is the first thing we see Boba Fett carrying when he shows up. Yeah, Life Day, that weapon. We get, like, Wookiee references. Oh, so much it's good shit. They even mention the Mythosaur, which mm -hmm. I did not know that. That skull that you always see mm -hmm. that's like the Mandalorian symbol, that's yeah. a Mythosaur skull. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, that's why they have it on their, their armor. That blew my mind. Your people once rode the mighty Mythosaur. Yeah, that that was pretty cool. Uh, I <laughs> I love in that second episode where like, the Mandalorian just has this utter disdain for Jawas and he's just blowing them away as they're stealing the rims off his car. <laughs> I love it when the Jawas die. They sound hilarious when they die. Ooh, dee -dee -dee. <laughs> they like blow up like confetti when they yeah. die. I'm like, who? I'm like, man, this would be the most fun thing in the world. Forget bullseye and womp rats in my T60. I'm a bullseye me some Jawas. Yeah, yeah. Goddamn space gypsies. <laughs> Very much. I like they make it gross again too. It's like, what do they want? Do they want money? Do they want power? No, the egg. Give us the egg. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> see, see, I thought. Uh, I thought like they're, they're they're like just sending him on like 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 yeah that he'll get the egg and everything he'll be beat to fuck, but like and the egg won't mean anything to him they'll get it and just like smash it on the ground and it'll be like like ha ha you you know got fucked up because <laughs> they're yeah, Jawas they're did. fucking assholes. 
Jawas have no hearts. No, no. But yeah, but, that, that but they whole, love eggs. That that whole scene with him like going after the sand crawler and like climbing up it, they're just like throwing shit down at him, and he's like, oh yeah, he's, like, that's amazing. He's like picking them up and throwing them off the fucking sand crawler and it's everything. It's great. It's so great. And then the the scene after it that where really he fights is. the creature is so cool. In the in in the, what I've dubbed in my in my live stream, the anus cave. It it, it really it looks like an anus. Is. It looked like, guys. It was Boy. an anus. <laughs> boy was it but yes screw jawas i think we can all agree yeah uh, as jt wizzy says you know he thought it was like something of religious significance now nah, they just love getting turned on egg yeah this is what that fucking egg yolk protein it's <laughs> like so good it's been, uh, you know what it is and it had basically the same consistency of one of those like cadbury eggs that's like yeah, so sugary I said it was like, and it was like it was like fondue cheese <laughs> Mm. <laughs> I don't know, man. I kind of want me one of them eggs right about now. As someone else brought up in the chat, too, that whole second episode had a very strong, like, Samurai Jack vibe because, like, mm. they go for long periods of time without speaking and the action tells the story. Yeah, lots of, like, um, uh, who directed it? Rick Famuyiwa directed that second episode. And there's, like, lots of shots of, like, them, like, walking in, in the distance in with the mm. sun behind them, like, very Western stuff. And, oh, it was so cool. Uh, traveling, and there's that shot where they rebuild the Razor Crest and everything. Yeah. It's it's so cool, too, to know that uh, Dave Filoni is involved in this, especially because he wrote a lot of the stuff with Sabine and Death Watch and mm-hmm. the whole, like, fall of Mandalore and everything. I'm like, we're, we're going to get some of that connective tissue, right? We're going to get those characters referenced. We're going to get to know what happens, right? Because as people were quick to mention, Mandalorians before had no problem taking off their helmets. They did it all the time. What changed in the last little bit to make them, you know, do that? Yeah, and as, as people said, he directed that first episode as well he his did. first time directing live action as well um pretty good i imagine this won't be the last time no no uh yeah i i'm looking forward to finding out like about like all the mandalorian stuff like as well as like that in that first episode where he they're like he goes to like the blacksmith and he's, he's mm. like doing like a ritual where he kneels down and gives her the best scar and she makes like the plate for him and everything and like it's all ritualistic and stuff like that that was never in like the the mandalorian culture beforehand like we never saw any of that sort of stuff so what made them turn into that sort of tribe sort of mentality yeah Yeah, this well i mean i can only assume it's because their planet was decimated by something assumedly the empire but i don't know Well, well first the clone wars then the empire like one after the other so yeah it probably fucked them up good and then as right, well, like, infighting uh, with, like, Pre Vizsla and Maul and all of that. Right, because I was going to say, when we last see them canonically at the end of, uh, what is it, at the end of Rebels and everything there, they were doing pretty good. They were, like, almost at the height again because Sabine helped save them mm-hmm. in their culture and everything. Yeah, yeah, so I imagine, like, yeah, e- either, like, because around that time is when, like, like Maul was still alive, like, Crimson Dawn was still active, Maul had just right. just died, I believe, or just about to die. Uh, so, like, yeah, then maybe they, like, fucked him up even more. And, again, like, the Empire as well. And, yeah, because the Empire... Because he gets that Beskar steel and it's got, like, the Empire seal on it. So they probably came mm. for the for the steel. Because the steel is, like, really strong and everything. So they probably, right. like, oh, we'll take it and we'll make fucking super weapons out of it. Which, hey, too, keeping up with the whole Star Wars is basically World War Two in space. Literally, the Beskar steel stamped is basically just Star Wars Nazi gold. Yeah, basically, yeah. 
that's literally what it is. He's got he's got get the Nazi gold to reclaim it for his culture. Yeah, and again, that's like more like like Western stuff where they got to get the Spanish gold. Uh, you know, the big you know is hidden up in them hills. That too. Uh, uh. Always about the Spanish. You're right. It, it's lots of things. It fuses lots of genres. <laughs> But yeah, so, I mean, really, what else can you say about Mandalorian? I feel like we can talk about it forever. It's fucking dope. It is. It's, it's so damn cool. I'm looking forward to, I'm not sure, I don't know what, what episode it will be in. I imagine maybe the next one, but, like, the space battles, like, because we've seen some of them oh, tease. Yeah. And um, the space shots we've seen so far have been so fucking amazing. Like, the special mm-hmm. effects in general in this show are fucking amazing. It is. It's hard to believe that this is a TV show, but then it's like, well, they also made this for like a Game of Thrones budget, so yeah, naturally. Well, I think even more than a Game of Thrones budget, like $25 million an episode or something. Oh, wow. It yeah. shows. Oh, yeah, it does. They spent their money in the right places. I mean, I guess, too, another thing we can talk about, it's like this is another perfect example of how to do a prequel right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it would informs... You, would you call it a prequel? I mean, it's a prequel to the timeline, but definitely not a prequel to the Star Wars story. Mm-hmm. It's a prequel in so much as it comes before the events we saw in the movie, but still. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder, but yeah. And like, there's you know there's cool stuff coming down the pipeline we haven't even seen yet. What what role does Bill Burr bounty hunter play? Yeah, we got Bill Burr as a bounty hunter. We got like cool action scenes again with like ig11 and and the mandalorian we, we still got uh uh cara what's her name gina carano uh gina carano's yes. character to be introduced all that sort she's of she's got a gatling gun yeah i'm i am so up for all of this yeah it, and and it's really short as well it's only like seven or eight episodes yeah that surprised me but then and like they're all of varying lengths right they're like 30 to 40 minutes I think the first two so far have been about 30, 35, 30 minutes. And I, I've seen people complain about that, but I'm more than fine with that, like, yeah. episodes. Like, because I'm used to those sorts of things being, like, super long. So to have them be small and concise and focused is great. Yeah. Not everything needs to be an hour. As Party Pug says, a Blu-ray steel box. It's fucking dope. The comic multiverse. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's That's got to be on there, on the pool quote on the, on yeah, the pl- dvd release yeah yeah please disney plus please use that <laughs> on your thing it's fucking dope yeah it's really it's fucking dope like i could say like oh you know it's you know it's cinema brought to television it's a bold step forward in streaming entertainment but like, star wars has never been so cool and so great now it's fucking dope <laughs> there's just no two ways about it. it's fucking dope bro <laughs> <laughs> yeah baby yoda's dope bro baby yoda which okay can we talk about baby yoda for a second uh our nostradamus powers to see things from the future happened even in the past because back when you and i worked at name redacted there was an old podcast we were on that people instantly (laughs) remembered that had the title i shit you not i don't know how they remembered it because i don't remember it (laughs) i remembered it because it was so silly and then it happened and i'm like fuck off And I mean, I, I think our reasoning there as to why we got to Baby Yoda was just like, ah, oh, you know, what's uh, what, what does everyone think about, you know, the Disney Star Wars acquisition? Like, well, they think they're going to do, like, Muppet Babies with Star Wars? That's not going to happen. That'd be ridiculous. But also, still, Yoda Baby would be pretty funny, though, on its face. And it is pretty and fucking funny. And then we got funny. it. Because it, it's like, pretty walks funny, around honestly. and, like, eats frogs. It's pretty, it's pretty funny, too, you know. Man, I tell you what. 
I, I never more have I felt that like Brooklyn uh uh, one nine meme there where it's like look I've only had baby Yoda for a short amount of time but if anything bad happened to him I'd kill everybody <laughs> <laughs> never more have I felt that meme like deep in my soul than I have when baby Yoda <laughs> showed up <laughs> I would kill everybody and he might too the Mando if something <laughs> bad happens uh, no he'll only kill Jawas because he's a racist yeah, <laughs> yeah. but he also they literally Jawas. I mean, they also literally put his ship up on blocks, and that would piss me off, too. Uh. <laughs> and then didn't help repair it, either. No. <laughs> That's the other thing. Like, yeah, we'll trade you back your shit. No, we're not helping you put it back together. <laughs> you and Nick Nolte gotta do that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, The Mandalorian is great. I cannot wait for more. Friday is becoming my favorite day of the week now, just because of this. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna continue doing my live audio commentaries and reviews on it. So keep an eye out for that on this channel. That's good. I think, too, it also sets like a really strong precedent. Like, man, if these new Star Wars shows are this strong out of the gate. Yeah, 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 as well. Like, like this is, like, what they chose to begin with. So, like, what are we, like, are we going to, like, see, like, the, the Marvel shows, are they going to be as strong? I certainly hope so, and I mean that uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi show they keep threatening oh, us with. Dude, oh, that's going to be awesome. And it I, I've might heard actually be that awesome he also now. might be in this show as well, like like he oh. might be the one who finds the Mandalorian as a kid. Oh, so that like, would be a fun twist. And it would make sense as well, it would be like that build-up to his show. It's like, oh, is Obi-Wan Kenobi, it'd be cool if he had a show coming up as a veteran of the clone wars and also that would be a twist that would make everyone lose their mind like oh hey general kenobi look at this kid well, no and also that as well like he's he's obviously got ties to mandalore with satine yes and, he does and all those sorts of, all, all, all those people so kind of makes sense yeah wasn't uh wasn't uh obi-wan like crushing on a mandalorian woman at a point yeah yeah duchess satine oh yeah i wonder they, if they, that they did like, like a whole arc about like talking about like oh there was a time when these two were like a thing and like it, it's possible obi-wan might have left the jedi order for her hmm interesting hey little child there i once knew a mandalorian woman who i love would you like to go live with them <laughs> <laughs> you'll get a cool helmet <laughs> don't you want a cool helmet <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, it's not going to replace my dead parents, but yeah, I like a cool helmet. It'll cover up my tears. <laughs> I love he hasn't taken the helmet off yet. I hope they full judge dread this and he never takes off the helmet. Yeah, I I have a feeling they won't. I, I don't think they'll he'll take off the helmet. It'll be... Or, if, or, or, or we'll get it. Like, like, I thought in that second episode we were going to get it. Like, it was going to get knocked off, but we wouldn't see his face. It'd be all shot from, like, the neck down while he fights, yeah. the, fights the thing, and then he puts it back on. Or his face gets covered in mud. Like, it'll get knocked off, and it's like, no, no one must look at my face. <laughs> Why? Because you're ugly and scarred? Nah, because I'm way too handsome. Yeah, I look like Pedro Pascal. I can't be seen. I look like... <laughs> Yeah, they literally told me your beautiful face will start wars. You have to hide it at all times. <laughs> that's that's the thing. They, they, he's literally that guy from Kung Pao Enter the Fist. Yeah, that's that's the Mandalorian. Yeah, we, we purposely taught him everything wrong. The whole kneel and get your armor thing. We don't do that. <laughs> the whole you can never take off your helmet. That's bullshit. We all put our helmets on when we know he's coming just to fuck with him. <laughs> 
it's all a big con just to screw the ooh, weapons are part of my religion. I can't put them down. We always are putting our weapons down. He's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the big twist of this. They've actually been lying to him his entire adult life. <laughs> That Mandalorians are not like this at all. <laughs> oh, that'd be way too funny. We purposely taught him wrong. We didn't even give him a name. We just called him the Mandalorian. Oh, God. Dude, we're all Mandalorians. What's wrong with Jeff? <laughs> uh, Minnesota asks, what was that cave monster? I have no idea. I thought it was going to be like that creature that Anakin fought in episode two, the Battle of Geonosis, mm. but it wasn't. It was like a hairy version of that. Right, or uh, what's that? Other, or a Gundark, but it was definitely not a Gundark. Oh, it's definitely not a Gundark, no. We've seen Gundarks, and they look nothing like that. We've seen di- nests of Gundarks. Obi-Wan saved them that one time in them Gundarks. <laughs> Never forget the Gundarks. Yeah, and Luke Luke was strong enough to pull the ears off a Gundark. Yeah, sure was. <laughs> never forget. Never forget. Hashtag never forget Gundarks. <laughs> And now we're just rambling. But thank you, everyone, for showing up to this episode. This was a lot of fun. I knew Matt and I were going to have a blast talking about The Mandalorian because it's just so freaking cool. It is. It is. I'm sure we're going to keep talking about it as well. Oh, I know we will. Matt, how much do you think this is going to affect uh, cosplay at cons? I imagine we are going to see so many new Mandalorians. This is, now, and this is going to be the new Joker. The new Joker. Like, once that Joker movie goes away, well, it already has gone away. But, like, yeah, we're going to see, like, Mandalorians of varying quality. <laughs> That's fine. I'm okay with that. You usually do at every con anyway. Yeah, but now usually there's like <laughs> There's usually always a 501st at every con. But, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm okay with this. Yeah, I'm cool. Because there's a level of customization in your own Mandalorian costume where it's like, nah, see, that's not bad. He just took artistic license with it. <laughs> He's wearing hockey pads like Boba Fett would have done. <laughs> that guy's wearing sweatpants. That's when the Mandalorian, you know, has had a bad night and he's got to put his sweatpants on because he's caring about comfort. <laughs> you know, can't be armor all the time. Got to yeah. care about the comfort. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I guess with that, everyone, we can start winding the show down. As always, thanks, Matt, for joining me on this. We we wouldn't have the show with you, literally, because you're running the uh, back end of it now for the live thing. Everyone thank <laughs> yeah. Matt for P- letting this be live. People can tell I'm running the back end of it because of the fuck-ups. <laughs> we're, we're keeping that in, apparently, too, so that'll be fun. <laughs> But yes, thank you everyone for coming out. Thank you for everyone who dropped your bits in the cup there. Tavia, Party Pug, anyone else who I may have missed. I'm glad those of us, those of you out there who don't normally get to join us live got to join us live as always. We'll be doing this every week now for the foreseeable future, Sunday at 10 Eastern Standard Time. Uh, for everyone else, the show goes live 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time Wednesday. Unless you're a patron, which you can become for as little as a dollar a month, we try and get the video and audio versions up for you right away, licking split over there so you know we would really appreciate it if you did especially as i said at the top of the show youtube right now eh, there's some fuckery (laughs) yeah fuckery you gotta you're not kids i hope so (laughs) yeah yeah i sure know but if you are a kid please tell us in the comment section if you're 12 and under because if so you're a cool ass kid for listening to this show you're you're sticking it to the man every time you watch this rules (laughs) yeah we're you were the show they literally didn't want you to see (laughs) Actually, actually, one of our fans, uh, Marvel Knight, who I actually thought he was way older because he had like uh, 80-something at the end of his name. No, nah, he's only 19. He actually has been listening to us since he was 12. Oh, nice. <laughs> 
Yeah, since we worked at Name Redacted, I'm like, see, we might lose out on cool fans like you and like <laughs> all of you in the chat if YouTube has its way. Yeah. Look, what, what I'm saying is just expose our show to children all over the world is <laughs> yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah. Don't expose yourself. Expose our show. <laughs> Look, you can use the same thing. You can have a creepy trench coat and hat, but when you open it up, you just have a pad playing yeah, our yeah, episodes. Like, yeah, a tablet playing our, our, uh, our show. <laughs> Yep, that's that's all you got to do, everyone. That's the, that's that's how we'll save content on the internet with a roving army of creepy guys in trench coats. It's the hot new sensation sweeping the nation. Get on it. Uh, and with that, everyone, I think we really have to be done. Just just talking crazy, just talking bullshit now, everyone. Thanks for watching. Bye. Bye.